0: the heather mccoy show welcome to the heather mccoy show in our middle segment today we'll be talking to, with the oc weekler's uh, taylor hamby about her excellent piece on the oral history of wally george then rounding out the hour we'll have robert larson he'll join us from the other side of the cleveland national forest but first we'll start off with a regular contributor the blogger behind field schemes.com neil Moss. welcome to the show neil Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Um, We'll start off first in the city of San Jose, whose antitrust lawsuit against Major League Baseball was thrown out based on the fact that baseball has an antitrust exemption that was granted when the Federal League tried to sue. Um, But one aspect of the suit lives on, which has the city of uh, San Jose accusing of... MLB of interfering with San Jose's sale of an option on a stadium land to the A's owner, Lou Wolf. How does this part live on since uh, Lou Wolf can't act on that option because of the territorial rights uh, of the Giants and the antitrust exemption? It seems like a circular...
1: You're you're asking me legal questions, which I'm not really going to answer completely, but as as I understand it, um, the idea here is that um, that San Jose has a contract with Lou Wolf. um, The option is going to expire soon. San Jose is saying, hey, if this goes through, we're going to be out some money. And the judge said, okay, that's, you know, something that you can actually have standing on that you can sue over. Uh Um, That you can claim, not that Major League Baseball doesn't have the right to decide where teams go, but that um, Major League Baseball, um, you know, can't go in and interfere, you know, Unfairly with a uh, with a contract that somebody has signed for a land sale. Uh, I think it'd be able to win it. I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other question. Yeah. Um, the the thing about this whole thing is everybody's assuming that San Jose, in order to win, doesn't actually have to win the lawsuit. They just have to um, scare Major League Baseball into settling because MLB doesn't want to have to go through a court case and have discovery and get you know documents subpoenaed and all that. The thing is now, assuming the antitrust part is wiped away, and you know they can still appeal that. Um, but assuming that that's off the table, um, San Jose's suit is a lot less scary for MLB right now, you know, because really just around the decision-making procedure of uh, of baseball in terms of you know making a ruling on this uh, on this San Jose move, not about Major League Baseball's right to decide where the team goes. Um, and, you know, it's still better than nothing in terms of San Jose's, you know, standing, but um, I think that we've seen the odds of baseball getting scared into forcing a settlement between the A's and the Giants over San Jose go way, way down.
0: So the odds are really low that this, uh, the remaining part of the suit to force the hand of Major League Baseball and the Giants is, like, slim to nail at this point?
1: Um, my guess is, and again, you know, I, I am extremely not a lawyer, but my guess <laughs> here just in terms of having seen how this leverage works a lot, is the one thing it might get baseball to do is really what's the easiest thing for them to do, um, and a lot of people sort of wondered why they haven't done it all along, which is not to force the Giants to sell the territorial rights or, or give the territorial rights to the A's, but, um just to say to the Giants, okay, fine, set a price. Yeah, and And if the Giants set a price, and then the A's say no, I think it's going to be a lot harder for San Jose to prove any kind of interference, because the court has said, well, Major League Baseball gets to set its rules, and if its rules are, sure, you can go to San Jose, but you have to pay the Giants $20 million a year or whatever, um, and Lou Wolf says no. Then San Jose can't really complain that it's interfering because that's, it's an interference that the Supreme Court has said they're allowed to do. Again, whether or not you think that's right, whether or not you think that the that Major League Baseball should be saying that San Jose is Giants territory, you know, we're talking about about you know leverage and who can force whose hand here. Um, and it doesn't seem like San Jose has, is in a great position right now.
0: Do the Giants, when they set the price, can they just say, you know, in the Dr. Evil voice, $1 billion or something? And then is there like a fair price rule, or is there an actual way to price those territorial rights? Or?
1: Um, I mean, there's certainly ways of pricing territorial rights. You know, you'd try and sit down and figure out how much the, uh, the Giants cable deal would be worth less if they didn't have... Uh, you know, a monopoly on the South Bay, how many you'd look at how many season ticket holders they have have coming from there and try and survey them and figure out whether they would drop their season tickets if they had the A's available. Um you know there's plenty of ways to sort of sort of guess at them. Um but um no there's no rule for M L B certainly. MLB can set whatever prices it wants. Yeah. Um, and the Giants can set whatever price it wants. I guess, you know, if they did really say wahaha one billion dollars, that might um, you know give San Jose a little bit better standing in court to say, well, you know, this isn't just a fair procedure. This is, uh, this is you know, an attempt to block our deal. But seriously, I mean, I, I it really seems like a weak, weak case. I mean, again, I, I feel like I have to say I'm not a lawyer every single time <laughs> here, but, um, You know, the all that they're really saying here is that um, San Jose can claim that MLB is interfering with this one land sale. And the, it, it, that's not what's going to, to force you know, a move here. What's going to force a move here is if baseball is really absolutely terrified of ever having to go to court. And with the fear of losing, potentially, their antitrust exemption off the table, I think baseball can withstand a, a minor court case.
0: Well, what made the Tampa Bay lawsuit so potent that they actually rewarded them with an expansion franchise? They never even got to a
1: lawsuit there. They just read yeah. the lawsuit, and that was an antitrust case where um, it wasn't just a matter of um, trying to uh, prevent a team from from uh, moving into someone else's territory. It was actually a team that was up and moving to uh, you know, unclaimed territory, and the owner wanted to do it, and there was nobody stopping him, and MLB stepped in and said, no, we want you to sell
0: to uh... someone
1: local. So it was, wasn't just a matter of MLB... Um, using its territorial rights, it was a matter of MLB, you know, deciding who was going to own the team and where it went. And antitrust law is apparently, or at least that section of antitrust law, is very strong in Florida for some uh-huh. reason in that in that you know federal district. Um, and uh, they were very frightened of uh, of having to go through that case because they thought it had a chance of of actually you know moving ahead. Um, the other thing is, it was a really easy situation to resolve, right? Just give Tampa Bay a team.
0: Yeah. Um, did... You can't
1: just do that with San Jose. No. They... Because the, the Giants, um, you know, there is a team there already in in San Francisco that would be affected by it, and we can argue till the cows come home about how they would be affected, but they would be affected. So, um, you know, the... Whole okay, we'll just give you an expansion franchise thing is not going to work in this situation.
0: Yeah, what about the um the whole three way thing between the Marlins, Red Sox, and Montreal when the owner switched places and then MLB ended up being the owner of the uh Can- or Montreal Canadians, Montreal Expos. Um, no lo- lawsuit was filed there in Montreal against for antitrust or.
1: No, you know, I mean, it was hard because it was just a transfer. It wasn't a transfer of the franchise at that point. It was just a transfer of the ownership. Um, And, you know, I don't know whether there would have been anything under under Canadian law where they could have challenged that at that point. Um, But, you know, I'm trying to remember this was like 2001, right? Yeah. So writing was sort of on the wall in terms of baseball wanting to move the Expos. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like right then that they, that they were immediately moving the team So that's an, actually an excellent question about whether anybody could have challenged that um, I have know someone who's uh, working on a book on the Expo, so I'm going to ask him
0: Oh, definitely um, At this point, I'm even wondering how the A's got to Oakland in the first place from Kansas City Due to the fact that the Giants got there first And wasn't Oakland in the Giants' territorial rights map to begin with?
1: You know, territorial rights were so hazy back in the day. Okay, um, and it you know was I think there was almost this consideration back then of oh it's good to have you know another uh, uh, semi-local team in order to uh, in order to uh, you know boost interest in the sport. You know, I mean, baseball in California was only like ten years old at that point. Yeah. Um, but you know, you had all sorts of situations like, uh, like uh, you know, the, I think the Mets went into New York without paying the Yankees any compensation, and it was it was just a, a different world then. Okay. Um, again, it's something interesting that I haven't really researched in terms of like what the negotiations were in terms of uh, in terms of getting getting the A's into Oakland. Um, I do know that it ended up creating the Kansas City Royals and moving the expansion schedule up. Uh, they suddenly expanded in 69 with four new teams when they weren't exactly uh, uh, you know, planning on that because Kansas City was threatening oh, you know, what are you doing taking away our team when you promised you know, we would keep it. Um, you're suddenly moving it to Oakland. They gave a team to Kansas City, they gave a team to Montreal, they gave a team to San Diego, and they gave a team to Seattle, which was the Pilots, who ended up getting bought by Bud Selig and moved to Milwaukee. So it all comes back around.
0: Yeah, it all comes back around. Also this week in Oakland, a promotional video that was posted online was taken down from the MLB site. The crime of the promotional video was that it framed the Coliseum not as a dump, but as a home with Mount Davis contributing uh, to the home somehow. Um what do you think the conspiracies are around this video?
1: I have no idea. It's really <laughs> weird because they put it up and then they pulled it right back down again, and it was made by MLB Advanced uh, Media, I believe, you know, their, their web arm. Yeah. Um so and it seemed like it was it was set to be shown at the stadium as well. Um and then it suddenly got pulled. I guess is you know that they were making these kinds of videos for all lots of, lots of different teams, and then somebody in Major League Baseball management noticed. Oh, wait, we're trying to promote the idea that the Coliseum is an unlivable dump. This might not be the best thing to have. Um, so it's it's very very odd. It just winds up being a, a big PR black eye for them, right? Because it makes them look like they're like they're actively trying to uh, to kill the the if not the Oakland market, at least to at least to kilk the Coliseum as a viable a viable place. I mean and you know, I think we talked about this before. I went yeah. to a game at the Coliseum earlier this year and while it was by far not the nicest stadium I've been to, it has a tremendous atmosphere, in part because it's a place where you really just go to watch the game and there isn't a lot of other stuff to do there. Um, so, you know, you would think that uh baseball would be interested in promoting what it has while it has it, even while trying to say, well, you know, we can't... They, they could can play it a different way, right? They could say, wow, the A's have this great fan base. You know, they deserve a new stadium. Um, but they're not saying that. So yeah. um, I think it's, it's just sort of usual... MLB hamfistedness
0: I was just thinking of just now of just like a, a remix of that video and in the middle of it mr. Hanky breaks through and starts putting brown stuff everywhere um, <laughs> <laughs> due to their you policy
1: <laughs> is never gonna live that down
0: yeah due to the shower incident earlier this year um in Minnesota they're starting to slash the wish list of the stadium design are you one of those people that has a grim outlook of humanity and you think that it that um, you know, cost overruns or just to underestimate the cost of the whole thing, project to begin with, or...?
1: Um, yeah, sort of. I think that's kind of the way the the, the development game works, you know, is that you you never want to come in with a price that's more than... it. You know, you never want to overestimate the cost at first because it doesn't benefit anyone. Well, I mean, I guess it benefits the people who are paying for it who, after it's all over, find that, uh, oh, look, we have money left over. Yeah. Um, but realistically, you know, whoever is trying to get a bill passed to fund a stadium wants the number to look low because, um, they, uh, you know, it's harder to get a billion, $1.2 billion passed than a billion dollars. Um, and, you know, the develop whoever is, is, you know, trying to bid to actually build the thing wants the cost to look low, so they're going to get the contract. Um, so everybody kind of conspires to lowball and figure, you know what? Do this, and then later on we can either trim some of the bells and whistles, or we can find some more money, or something. But it's always, you know, easier to get the thing approved first, and then figure out um, how to deal with the with the final budget. Um, so, you know, I mean, the nice thing about it is that the, that Viking Stadium is so ridiculously designed that if they have to trim ten feet off of the, you know, what are they like hundred foot high glass doors in the side of the stadium? they can live with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of football, any thoughts about the Frontline documentary League of Denial?
1: It was fantastic and it any lingering interest I had in watching football has been or I should say any any lingering tolerance I had for watching football has been really extinguished. I mean, I don't know how I could watch a game right now and not think about all those slow motion, you know, beautifully shot NFL film slow motion scenes of you know players smashing their helmets together. And not think about the, the human cost of that. So, um, it's going to be really interesting. You know, I've talked to a lot of people who say, hey, football is incredibly popular and, um, you know, nothing's going to change about this. And I have talked to a lot of people who say, who are football fans, you know, bigger football fans than me, um, who say, man, I don't know what I'm going to do because it's really, you know, feels, you know, morally and ethically you know, dubious to keep enjoying and watching this sport when you know that so many people are suffering really, really, really debilitating injuries. And potentially, you know, almost everyone in football is going to suffer some sort of debilitating injury as a result of this. Yeah. Um, it's tough, you know, and I don't know what the solution is. Um, but I, I, I kind of tend to believe the people who have been writing that, you know, football really is facing an existential crisis and that, you know, nothing's gonna, it's not going to go away in five years or ten years. But in 20 or 30 years, as kids grow up who were not allowed to play football because their parents said, no, it's too dangerous, um, that is going to change things.
0: The league is past happy to begin with, so why not just change it to flag football at this point? Um, You know, I think
1: just make it be all Madden all the time. You know, just have, the the graphics are so good and computer players can't, you know, uh, suffer head injuries unless you program them to. So I think, you know, just everybody watches on TV already even if they go to the stadium. Yeah. So, you know, just just have it be all computer players. You could have way more exciting plays, you know, you could have like a special uh, rule where in the last two minutes of the game gravity is turned down and the players could like leap 30 feet in the air. Oh, that'd be cool. much
0: more exciting. <laughs> yeah. One storyline that the Frontline documentary brought up and then kind of dropped is the fact that the league approved Mike Webster's disability claim when it stated those injuries, uh, specifically his forgetfulness, were consistent with playing football in the league. It seems like the NFL knew of a problem long before they admitted it publicly. Um, any chance we'll ever get to see how much they knew and when? Or has that boat sailed since the players settled their lawsuit with the league before the start of this season?
1: You know, I have to imagine that given enough time, uh, some of that stuff will start to leak, you know, because there just have to be way too many people who know, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I assume everything is under lock and key and anybody who, uh, who uh, you know, who does know about this has like NFL snipers following them around, like ready to pull the trigger <laughs> and start to talk.
0: Jerry Jones looks like a guy that he would have snipers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways,
1: he's got, his, he's got his own personal team.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, will you be attending an event in Madison Square Garden just so you can see if you got beer spilt on you? Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to
1: it. I've, I've <laughs> you know, been going to the garden since I was a little kid, and this new renovation sounds freaky, if nothing else. <laughs> um, you know, they said they were building these sky bridges that. Um, we're gonna be like, you know, walkways over the, the the, you know, arena bowl, which sounded like a kind of dumb idea. And now it turns out they're kind of a cross between that and like an extra seating, you know, section sort of suspended from the ceiling above and in front of the back row, the you know, the old back row. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like it's gonna be bad for sight lines from the people for the people who are sitting in the back row of the, the old you know, top deck. Um, and I have no idea what it's going to be like sitting up there. And like you said, I have no idea what it's going to be like sitting under it because they, you know, I've seen photos now, not just renderings, they've got these little glass railings. And, you know, there's gonna be a lot of drunk people walking <laughs> along there and if they drop anything, it's gonna go right on the heads of the people I would say about in like the old like two hundred, three hundred level, like huh. not the real expensive seats, but the next one's over. Yeah. So, um, I you know, I'm not quite sure what they're thinking. I mean, you know, we've all been saying, Okay, you know, Cablevision's putting a lot of money into this uh into this new renovation and sort of excited about what it's gonna look like, but we have to remember that Cablevision is not exactly the most sensibly run company. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the Knicks and the Rangers are not exactly been the most sensibly run. So I don't know why we should expect these renovations to be sensible either.
0: I imagine it's going to get closed off when somebody gets hit in the head with something large and the lawsuit persists. So I give it about three months.
1: Um. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Either that or just... Uh, Post Isaiah Thomas up there to uh, warn people not to put their beers on the railings.
0: <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, Deal the boss. He runs schemes dot com. He joins us every week, and it's really cool that he does that. Thanks for being on the show this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Cool. Talk next okay. week. Okay. This is Heather McCoy's show.